0: If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast.
1: You long for a deep, fierce love, the stuff of legends.
0: But overwhelm, fear, and doubt keep holding you back.
1: But this is your life and
0: your marriage. This is the legacy you will be remembered for. So
2: we're on a mission to inspire and challenge you to live the adventure of
0: a legendary marriage.
1: This is episode 39 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast, and we are your co-hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams.
0: This is the podcast for couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage.
1: Yeah, we know what it's like to want a great marriage, but not be sure where to start.
0: Each week, we are bringing you inspiration, encouragement, practical hold on, ideas. Hold on,
1: hold on, You know, this isn't a normal episode. Like, <sighs> Far from it. We just, I, I can't do this. So let's let's just lay it out like it is. Um, we got back from vacation and drove essentially drove into Austin uh, as the storm, uh, Hurricane Harvey, was beating the ever loving crap out of Texas, and um, you know. Uh, it's been a, uh, a rough few days. I mean, we're high and dry here in Austin. We're in actually probably the highest point in the Austin area.
0: Yeah, we really, we're super blessed, lucky, whatever you want yeah. to say, um, to have our home, have our family, have everything. Mm-hmm. And you safe know, travels,
1: and, to- and we had a great vacation and all of that. But, um, you know, we, we've been wrestling for the last couple of days trying to figure out what we wanted to do this week on the podcast because we have episodes planned and everything and like this we can't just go okay let's just roll out the the regular old
0: show now
1: and so we,
0: where we joke and laugh and you know all yeah. that it just doesn't seem appropriate this week when our fellow texans are worried about you know family and friends and their homes yeah. and it just Little perspective here, so you know. Actually, when we came home from our vacation, we found that we had a power outage while we were gone, and all of our food in our freezer and our fridge and everything was rotten. And we thought, well, you know, normally you'd come home to that and you'd just, you know, lose it. Your day'd be ruined in the morning. But you know, knowing
1: listening to the radio to CNN and everything about the storm and what was happening. And it was just like, we had the perspective of,
0: you know, our friends in Houston don't know what end is up. So, you know, a fridge full of rotten food is probably the least of our worries.
1: Yeah. It was really disgusting though, as a side note.
0: Yeah. And if you're curious, we do have a video of cleaning it out on our page. (laughs)
1: Um, Like I said, we were driving, driving home from the shore and uh, just tracking the storm on CNN and thinking and praying for all the people down uh, Port Aransas and Corpus Christi and uh, Rockport, I think is Mm -hmm. the name of the town and, Mm -hmm. um, and just all along the, the coast there. And, and of course for Houston, um, And, and even for some friends around here who have homes in low lying areas, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, man, this, this, this stuff just messes with me. Mm -hmm. Um, it, 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 this kind of thing just messes with me.
0: And it's unprecedented just the amount, the amount of rain, the amount of flooding and, you know, just how, how people are going to resume normal life when everything seems so upside down at the moment. Um, so, so
1: yeah, there's two things that we wanted to share. One is just the notion of uh, stepping back and looking at the story of what's happening. Um, we can't make meaning out of it. Like uh, there, there, there are so many different ways that people respond to trauma, and trying to find meaning is one of them. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to do that. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, but what I can say is what happens along the way, how we respond to the story Mm -hmm. is, is the, is the stuff that matters here. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, we just, we want to share, we had a brief call a little bit ago with a good friend, Corey, who's in the Houston area, who's, I mean, right there. We're not a news show. We're not trying to, to do a Oprah Winfrey thing or anything what we wanted to do is is give Corey a chance to process uh, what's what she's seeing and experiencing, mm-hmm. um, and thereby give you the listeners the same, same thing. Uh, there's something powerful about processing our way through emotions mm-hmm. rather than just burying them or ignoring them. Um, there's something really uh, powerful about processing through it, and so this call, this the, this interview you're going to hear in a moment is is really about that it's just about the heart of 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 the experience
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so today on the shore we have corey thompson and she's sharing her story about being stuck in the wake of hurricane harvey and how her friends and family are dealing with disaster here's corey
2: all right we are here with corey thompson And, uh, I mean, how long have we known each other, Corey? It's been probably four years.
3: Almost, yeah.
0: She's a coach. She's a fellow coach.
2: Yeah, yeah. And a resident in the Houston area, her family. And uh, we just wanted to grab a few minutes with you to just catch, uh, catch a little bit of what it what your experience has been and how you're doing and how your heart is and everything. Um, we're not trying to be the news, but we just, we wanted to use, uh, the platform we have just to help people understand what's going on and what it's like.
0: Yeah. So, um, what's the situation at your house right now? Are you underwater?
3: We are dry. Thankfully. Um, my parents, house is underwater. We got a picture this morning. um, A neighbor got out there on foot and sent a photo and it's completely underwater. So they're here. Thankfully, they got here safely evacuated under a little bit scary conditions yesterday, but they're here. Grandparents and grandkids are happy to have each other for an extended slumber party. (laughs) So we're just hunkered down thankfully we have not had flooding on our street um we have electricity we have wi-fi we just feel really really blessed we have lots and lots of friends that have been displaced and are just sheltering weathering the storm
2: yeah
0: you said sheltering, weathering the storm. Like, what does that look like? Do you have friends that are in flooding homes or? Yeah, it's kind of
3: all over the gamut. Um, that we have friends who are really blessed and lucky like we are, um, you know, very close to us. Um and then people that are just as close who were rescued from a kayak yesterday, they had their two girls, each of their girls is in one of our kids' classes, and they were rescued from a kayak from their house. Um, she said when she got out, she was chest high in water yeah. and um, you know relocated to a neighbor's that thankfully didn't get the same level of flooding. So it's just, it's all over the board. Um, the hard part, I think the hardest part for a lot of people is understanding when and if to evacuate because of the road conditions. Yeah. Um, many of the roads are completely underwater. So even if you have family and you have friends that have generously opened their house, you can't necessarily get there safely. So, um, you know, we're just really grateful that we have a second story, that if we were to get flooded, we could move upstairs, but not everybody has that. So the choices are sometimes more limited.
2: Yeah.
0: You said your in-laws got there in kind of a scary fashion. Were they evacuated by boat?
3: My parents they um their driveway is about thirty five yards long, and they just made the split second decision yesterday. It was getting really eerie and um, scary in their house as the water was rising, so they just decided jumped in the car and as they were going down the driveway, the water was flooding over the hood, and at one point the the car kind of came off the ground and was moving off the driveway. And my dad just gunned it and was able to get up and out onto the road um, to get over here. But I tell you what, when they arrived, that was, that was the scariest. They live about 20 minutes from here. And that was the scariest 20 minutes that I've experienced. Because when they showed up and I could see that they were safe and I could see them in the flesh and hold them, I just I broke down. That was tough. Just imagining them, you know, stuck in the house and not being able to get out.
0: Yeah. Wow. Thank goodness they made it. Now, how are the kids doing? Do they know what's going on? Now, how old are your children?
3: My kids are seven and five. Okay. And um, Alexa, the seven-year-old, she's um, she kind of goes back and forth between being really worried about her friends and nervous and anxious, um, particularly on... Uh, a few nights ago, all the days are running together, so I can't even tell you what night it was. but when whenever we had all the tornado warnings, um, I, I think that was Friday night, um, being holed up in the pantry and just you know, the alarms going off on the phone like every fifteen to thirty minutes, and we'd get pantry pantry, and they'd all they'd run downstairs and we'd get in the pantry. So she's going back and forth between feeling really nervous and worried about her friends and, you know, complaining about what we have to eat in the house because she's a very big eater. So, um, and then my five-year-old, you know, he's, he's, um, honestly kind of having a blast because we've, we've reduced all of our screen time limits and he's had free reign of the iPad and he's just thinking this is the greatest thing. So (laughs) he's just playing games and, and, um, having fun. So, You know, it's really hard for them to understand and fathom. And it was a fine balance, especially when the tornado warnings were happening. A fine balance between not keeping them calm, not scaring them, but also explaining to them this is a serious situation. We can't be climbing like monkeys in the pantry and having fun. This isn't a party situation. We need to be listening. We need to be listening. We need to be aware. Um, So that was hard cuz you don't know how much to share with them, how much detail will, you know, help them understand without scaring them.
0: Right. Now had they started school already?
3: Yes, they had st- they had been um so they went back to school on I guess the 18th, so they had 3 days and then a weekend and then almost a full week before KISD canceled on Friday and is now canceled for the, this whole week. And it's pending, um, junior high, uh, a mile and a half from our house is completely submerged. So all those kids, I mean, I have, I have no clue how long it will take to rebuild these structures. Um, whether that will have to be completely leveled and rebuilt or if they'll be able to restore it, how they're going to get kids back to school. I just, I just don't even know. Yeah.
0: So what does it look like as far as like, do you have a bunch of canned goods in your pantry or how are you making it just, you know, on the bare essentials? Do you have what you need?
3: Yeah. The, luckily my, my dad and my um, husband were able to get out Um, we've got two entrances to our neighborhood. One is flooded. One is dry. So they, you know, very carefully went out this morning, ventured out to the one store that's open in the neighborhood and were able to pick up some more groceries. Um, just, you know, not knowing how long we're going to be stuck. It is the one and only business in the area that's open. Um, so it's just, it's that feeling of not knowing how long this is going to go on. So you want to be prepared. Sure. Um, so just going out and getting, you know, necessities, coffee for my husband is his necessity. So <laughs> we're getting close to running out of coffee. So you got to get that. Um, but, you know, the one thing that they noticed when they were there was just the remarkable uh, positivity through all of this. Everyone you run into still has a smile, even through the hardship. Even if they've lost their home, um, you know, this, this is the mother nature is the great equalizer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, no, nobody that we've encountered, um, everyone is just so open arms in attitude and just in You just get the sense that people just want to be close to each other and just touch each other was in the store um and just reached out a couple days ago just to met a woman and just she said god bless you um stay safe and we just you know touched each other just it's just so important right now right now i think just to remember we're human <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, yeah. i I've, I've got to imagine there're so many things that are seem so unimportant all of a sudden like in an instant. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, certain yeah. things feel really important. Like um what's what's really important to you in this moment?
3: Um to me personally uh, well I can just tell you the past few nights um it's been very difficult to sleep. So I I wake up every hour about and just go check on my kids. Just oh. Are they breathing? Are they dry? Are they, you know, are they, are they good? Um, Just being able to be near them, see them Um, having my parents here, you know, not knowing whether they would get here safely. That was huge. Um, My in-laws they're safe, but they're basically on an Island. So they can't get in or out of their neighborhood, Um, but they still have power. So being able to keep in contact with them has been really nice knowing that they're okay, it's just, you know, sort of uncomfortable being cooped up. Um, so, yeah, what's most important to me is just family, just being next to each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what, is, what does it look like a day, two days from now? Do you have any idea?
3: I, I wish I did. Um, you know, for us, my parents would love to get back out to their house to assess the damage to start on cleanup. Um, but it's still raining. (laughs) So, and, and we finally got a little bit of a break today, but it's supposed to continue raining, um, at least through tomorrow. And until it really starts to, you know, give us those long, clean breaks of rain, it's just not safe to get out there. Um, cause you don't know, and there's lots of flash flood warnings and, you know, the situation, I don't know how much you guys have heard, but the situation, um, with the two reservoirs that are on the West side of town where we're at has been a really dicey situation because they have to let so much water out. The army Corps of engineers is letting water out of the reservoir so that they can maintain the integrity of the structures. So they don't fail. And when they decided that they were going to have to let them out, people in the surrounding neighborhoods literally had six hours at nighttime to evacuate in the dark. And the, the, the couple of days since they've started doing that, it's a constant monitoring of Will it flood past their estimations? Is it is it on our street yet? You know, we're just constantly looking out the front door down the street. Okay, the the water's still down where it's supposed to be. Our house is flooded immediately, so they had to get out. So it's just I I, can't, I keep walking around like in a daze. Yeah. Um, it's really surreal because. It, you know, I vacillate between feeling very grateful and very thankful that we're here, we're dry, we're safe, we're together, and then I'll have this random thought of a friend I haven't heard from, and I get on my phone, and I check on them, and, you know, do they need anything, and it's just, it's, it's a pretty helpless feeling, especially until it stops. There's a lot of unknowns right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you said um, your kids are, you know, going crazy on the screen time and everything. Like, are you able (laughs) to resume any sort of like, hey, we're doing the chores or I'm doing work or any like, is there any sort of normal life going on or is it just moment by moment or...
3: Yeah, we we sat down and had um, a meal last night, you know, a, a proper dinner. I made a pot of spaghetti, a big salad. That was nice just to everybody sit down around the dinner table because we really have been kind of just scrounging and snacking and eating on the fly in between updates and talking to friends and things. So that was nice for everybody to come together, say grace, be present. Yeah. Um, but, you know, normalcy is very fluid right now. (laughs) Um, you know, they, as I said before, they're, they're downstairs playing old maid with the grandparents. Um, my husband's the one that has been diligently watching the news for the reservoir updates to keep his family protected. That's his paramount concern right now is, you know, everybody be quiet during this news update so that I can hear what this guy is saying, um, walking the neighborhood and, and just, being he's he's our diligent one so it, it allows us to relax a little bit and cut up and and joke and just yeah. have a little bit of fun together and laughter um but my my dad just had a, a fit of laughter this morning just as a a release over something ridiculous i don't even remember but it was like he couldn't stop laughing yeah. <laughs> because if not you're just crying you yeah. know Aww.
0: yeah yeah and i'm sure you've had those moments too
3: Yes, there was a point yesterday where I didn't have any more tears.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They, they come back; <laughs> yeah. they, they've replenished. I they still have a, a stash of them, but um, it's just it. The news coverage is is devastating. It it is unfathomable how much devastation and how long the cleanup for this is going to take. Um, what's most impressive is people helping each other and seeing just the generosity of strangers playing out. It's, it's, it's really remarkable. Um, people evacuating by helicopter with their dogs and their children. I saw a woman on the news this morning with her, her three-year-old son. The son was bawling, scared. They're wading through water and she's eight months pregnant and she's scooping him up. And I'm like, Oh, I just lurched thinking about how heavy, you know, I'm remembering being that pregnant and picking up a toddler and how heavy that is. But I mean, she's in the middle of water. You do what you do. So it's just, it, it's really... Um, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, what are you... What are you hoping for in yeah. the next, you know, two, yeah. three, four weeks ahead of time? What are you hoping for?
3: I'm hoping for... Um, no rain. Yeah. Um, overcast, but no rain. Because... You know, once it starts to get hot, it's going to be a swamp. It's going to be, uh, just mosquitoes and swamp and all of it. So I would love for no rain, um, some clouds and just to get back to a little bit of normalcy. Um, it would be awesome if the kids could get back to school to see their friends, um, and if they can't get back to school right away, um, we're going to be working with our neighborhood friends just to have play dates to give them some kind of relief yeah. from being cooped up. Um, you know, when, and waiting for the schools to reopen, and and to get out to my parents to see what we can do to to help clean up and assess what needs to be done out there.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm just wondering, like. You know, the kids are going to, when they do get back to school, the stories that they're going to tell mm-hmm. are probably a lot of stories that their little brains can barely even, you know, deal with.
3: Yeah, so yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for them that they're going to be able to, you know, recover and have it be, you know.
2: Kids always find the most um, unusual perspectives in stuff like this. mm
0: mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm.
2: especially after the fact, uh, I think about one storm we went through, and it was a few days later, and the alley was saying, "When are we going to go hang out in the closet again?" I'm like, oh, it <laughs> was terrifying. And you're uh, talking, okay,
0: yes. <laughs> when are we going to have that old man tournament? And Grandma and Grandpa are going to come stay at our house. Yeah. Like, yes, um- yes. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. That was the best part.
3: <laughs> yes. Yes. A, a few nights ago I had the kids in bed with me and the whole time I'm thinking, uh, we're setting a precedent. This is going to be <laughs> like a weekly ask. I'm pretty sure. When can we sleep out of your bed again? Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the things everybody wants to do, we, we love stories so much. We want to make meaning out of something. We want to find the meaning in it or Whatever, and I, I'm just not sure how to do that here.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I think what I've learned just in the brief conversation we've had is just um, it's what you make it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's absolutely cherishing the things you have, the people you have, and what you do with it. Whatever the circumstances are. So
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I love how all the stories you told and a lot of the stories that we've seen are just you know people helping each other, not, you know, looting in the streets and, you know, that kind (laughs) of stuff. It's like (laughs) when you said that your husband went to go get groceries at the store and people were just sweet to each other and standing in mile long lines and probably couldn't find nearly, you know, (laughs) what they wanted or you know mm-hmm. anything like that it was not even an issue they were just glad to be at the only store in town that yeah. mm-hmm. maybe had a can of what they were looking for
3: <laughs> right right yeah my 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 dad was just glad to have something to do <laughs> you know he's yeah. like I'll go <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah that mm-hmm. uh getting cooped up in the house for long periods of time can mm-hmm. really start to make you a little nutty I'm sure
3: yeah. Especially for those that had to evacuate and to leave their things, not knowing it's, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's, it's really hard. Cause you don't, you just don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did your parents take anything with them in their car when they left?
3: Um, very quick grab and go kind of thing. So they had like a bag full of clothes and some toiletries and a couple of, um, important documents, but it was like, when they got here, it was like, oh, we forgot this. Oh, we forgot that. You know, where did we put it up high enough? That's the question. Did we put it up high enough? Because they don't know how high the, the floodwaters rose. Um, but you know, I, I was reading something on Facebook this morning and I thought summed it up really well. It's not the possessions, it's the sanctuary of your home. It's the memories that you've built there, it's the times and the experiences that you've had there that feel washed away you know? So I think that's going to be the hardest thing for folks and my folks and, you know, everybody like them.
0: Yeah. Well, Corey, uh, we want you to, our thoughts and prayers are with you and your friends and your neighbors and everybody in your city. And there's really no words to say on our end as far as, I mean, we're on a, Nice sunny day in Austin, only you know a couple hours away, but um, we have no idea what y'all are going through. But our thoughts and prayers are with you, and we're hoping for that rain to pass very quickly. And but no sun to come out yet. <laughs>
3: um, <all right>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. No, we we appreciate it. You know, it may not feel like much, but in my opinion, positivity, faith, mindset is everything. And, you know, with all of you outside of the area, lifting us up and holding us up, it really does help. So thank you.
0: A lot to take in there. I mean, thank you so much, Corey, for sharing that story with us. Yeah. And honestly, it was just on our end. I know we've had very little personal experience with the aftermath of or the going through Hurricane yeah. Harvey. But um, just just admitting this, um, when we were doing that interview, Justin and I were both choking back tears the whole time we yeah. were interviewing her. And it just, it was kind of strange because it was like, it didn't feel appropriate because they're in the middle of it. Yeah. So it, it's... Well,
1: and, and we, because we were trying to get good signal... Um, we're sitting in our closet, on the floor in our closet through this interview. It was
0: kind of like a solidarity with her. You know, yeah. she was talking about sitting in her pantry for yeah. hours on end. But um, it was just... It's one of those things when somebody else is going through a crisis and you're really feeling it too. Yeah. It's just... It's not appropriate for you to lose it <laughs> in the moment because you're like, you got way more going on than I do. But... um. But it's it just, is
1: okay to feel that.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: good. Like, yeah. there, there's so much, even through that interview, I, I just wanted to say, oh, well, and say something that to, would make it all better. But you can't. <laughs> um, I remember years ago, uh, one of Danielle's friends, her father passed away suddenly. Mm-hmm. And we went and, and we just sat with her. And mm-hmm. that's it. And we went through that same thing of wanting to do or say something to make it all better, to make the pain go away. And there is nothing, like there is no. nothing we can do right now other than to just say, we love you. We're with you.
0: Yeah. Even though we have no idea what you're go- really, yeah. really going through. But the thing is with that, you I think you kind of nailed it on the head there. And it's like, nobody's going to say the perfect thing. Nobody's going to do the perfect thing. But I think just being there and listening... Mm-hmm. And hearing the story and not trying to say, you know, God will work it all out for the good. You know what I mean? Like trying to come up with some saying Uh, or some scripture or something that's going to make it all perfect and better because people lost their homes, people lost family members and pets and neighborhoods and schools. and Memories. There's nothing that is going to be said that's going to make that feel all better. And the truth is, too... We we said this earlier. You don't need to feel better right now. Yeah. <laughs> she she said, you know, she spent lots of time crying about it, and her friends and her family members have done the same things. And, and, and I think for us, uh, for all of us, you gotta cry. I'm listening, <laughs> I, I think it's a good thing mm-hmm.
1: to shed a tear or two. And just allow yourself to be in that tender place, Mm -hmm. whether you're in Houston or Katy or Rockport or Corpus Christi or Austin or Bridgeton, Maine or anywhere in between, whether you've been affected directly by this storm or, or by another crisis or by nothing, just connecting heart to heart, soul to soul with, uh, with people who are going through something. This is the power of community. This is why we drill this home so often. We talk about community.
0: Um, and this we, is where it shines, too. Like You look at the stories on the news about people just pulling kayaks out of their garage and going to save people and, and axing and through and their roofs. Their, and you Pulling know. their
1: boats out of the water here in Austin on Lake Travis and trucking them 200 and some miles to the Houston area to go help with the search and rescue.
0: Yeah. It's just the power of community is so strong in these moments. And you kind of almost want to put it in a jar and say, can't we have a little piece of that every day? Not that you want to have it to this extreme measure no. for sure, but you want that connection with other people. And it feels so good to have um, just that Connection And like she talked about going to the store and having a lady just touch her just to feel a connection. Yeah. And it's, um that's something that everyone longs for in their heart is that connection with other people. And I think we get so busy and, you know, so much time, you know, we've got our agendas and our to-do lists and everything. And sometimes that longing in our heart that we just want to connect with other people and be love on our neighbors and everything. It just kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes, but that's probably something that you'll want to take with you moving forward, yeah. you know, months, years from now.
1: You know, we, when something like this happens, we stare at the TV, we watch the news and we go, Oh my gosh, what a shame. Those, those people I can't imagine. And, mm-hmm. and we even, we even sometimes move to that tender place of, of empathizing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, with them. But what I want to challenge everybody to do is, is actually let it be a catalyst. Let, let this moment be a catalyst for you to engage your community, Mm -hmm. know them, um, the people who live around you, work around you, learn around you at school and things like that. Um, get, get connected to the people in your community. Uh, don't let a, a disaster be the catalyst in your own life, learn and and take this opportunity to do that. That's how we can honor. That's that's all we can do in this moment, At as the moment we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still, as we're recording this, it is still raining in Houston. Mm-hmm. People literally don't know whether they can try to get out or not. Yeah. And so um, here in the next 24, 48 hours, by the end of this week, uh, hopefully the The storms will will finally move out, and the the rebuilding will begin. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, wa- I would absolutely encourage you uh, to to if you can find a way to be a part of that as a family.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, make the track, volunteer through your church, through a community service organization, uh, to to help because. It is it is a powerful experience, and it is it is so needed. Just yeah. just loving people that way is so powerful.
0: And we'll incu- include a couple of links in the show notes as to how you can yeah. do that. And um, Corey Thompson, one
1: being the Red Cross,
0: sure, of course. Um, and Corey Thompson, like we said, she is a coaching. In a cohort of ours. Yeah. She's um, gone through the same coaches training as we have. And so Corey has a special place in our hearts. So mm-hmm. um, if you want to reach out and send her and her, her neighbors and everything, some love, we will also include um, a link to her Facebook page yeah. in our show notes also. And um, yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, just go hug your family and your friends. Tell them how much you love them and you appreciate them this week. That's, that's what we're going to do.
0: Then come on and join the uh, conversation in our free Facebook community. It's a private group for men and women to support, encourage, inspire, and share about transforming their marriage from ordinary to legendary. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook.
1: Just search for Legendary Marriage Group or you can hit us up at legendarymarriage.com slash community.
0: You can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 039.
1: Please uh, jump on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the show so that we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure.
0: This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, Don't settle for an ordinary marriage.
1: Make yours legendary.